Welcome to the January Donovan Show. I'm the founder of The Women's School, where our bold vision is to rebuild culture one woman's worth at a time. And we're doing that by providing an education and training platform for women. Because the best way to fight the devaluing of women today is to have a strength of mind, to be skilled, and to be strategic about how we can influence culture. And the best way we can do that is to train ourselves. We have a duty to personally develop who we need to become for the world so that we can set the world on fire. And in the woman's school, our vision is to form women so she can transform culture. Join me as I talk about how we can be a force for society. And it begins with us developing ourselves. All right, well, welcome back up January. Hello, well, can you hear me? Yes? Mic test, yes? Yay! Welcome again, everyone. How's everybody feel? Great. I met everybody in the bathroom, some of you in the bathroom, some of you. Thank you so much for your graciousness. You know, I just keep thinking, I'm like, Chelsea, you're such a glue to good people and great women. Isn't just, you know, I just think of the, the opportunities of deep friendship that's being forged here when you're learning and you're growing together. So. Thank you for your graciousness with me and sharing with me this afternoon. This morning was about empowerment. I was giving you language. We we're talking about, you know, the state of our culture. This afternoon, we're going to talk about the how. It's about equipment. This is where really we're going to do the work. So what I'm doing, a lot of you have asked me, Junior, what do we do? Where do we go? So if you are curious and learn more about the new woman, which is part of the New Woman Masterclass. Many of you have asked me, which my husband says she's just put up there. This is the training school on the skills that I teach about. So you can learn all about how we teach women. We're in 43 countries, and we are taking the education into the heart of the woman, and you do it in small group setting, and you journey and you grow together on skill after skill. You design your life together. You dream together. And I'm going to give you a window to that. So if you are interested, I would like to personally invite you because we cannot change the world until we change our own interior world. And I don't think that right now there's always hope. But we can't change the political field, we can't change our country or Hollywood, we have to do it our own. And it needs to be a grassroots movement of first into your transformation and we do that in the small group setting. So if you're interested, you can take a picture of this, right? And then it shows up. So you can learn more about that and for all of you asking where you can find me. I am um, <laughs> not very socially uh, 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 Fancy and Instagram, but you can find me there and I do a lot of training. I do a lot of podcasts also on practical life training. So if you want to join me, that's also where you can find us on Instagram. So who's ready for the second part? You got your pen and your paper. All right. So how do we become that new woman? Well, we have to design her. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of training on the brain. I want to introduce you to who knows about the reticular activating system, RAS. Oh, it's going to be your favorite. 
It's one of my favorite. I teach my children. It's your RAS. So this is a part of our brain right underneath our cerebellum that God made. And what it does, it helps you expand what you focus on. So when you're pregnant, all of a sudden you see all the pregnant women. Right? And you're all of a sudden, you're like, I'm looking for a white car. And then you're like, you're seeing all the white cars. You never saw it before. But all of a sudden, you saw it. Why? Because your reticular activating system, that part that God designed in your brain, is actually helping you to, to focus on what it is that you want to find. So if you're looking for a great man, make sure you know what you want. And use your reticular activating for those of you who are single. So this is a really important Part of us understanding the way God made our brain. Women's brain are different than men's brain, but we all have a particular activating system. So we're going to use it, okay, and we're going to learn how to design the life we want. Imagine designing a house and you say, well, I'm just going to put up the bathroom right here and I'm just maybe going to put the sink and there's no blueprint, right? I mean, can you imagine designing a house without a blueprint? That's the first thing you do. You go to an architect and say, because why? You want to measure how far the window is and how far the door is, but we would never imagine that about our life. Why? We would never think, well, this is the kind of friendship that I want. This is the kind of marriage that I want. This is the kind of man that I think I want. This is what I deserve. This is who I want to become as a woman. This is what my home should feel like. This is how I want my people to describe my home. I, want, I have a description of how I want people to feel when I enter my home. This is a kind of uh, contribution, this is a kind of wealth, a kind of family that I want, we would never think, well, I should probably design that. Who thinks here we should design every part of our life? If we don't design it, then who designs it for you? The culture? Other people's opinion of you? I mean, think about it. Yes. If if you, you currently right now are either living life by design or by default. The woman that you currently are is either somebody that you've intentionally created or you're just saying, well, this is me. Take it or leave it. People are like, dang, I maybe I said that before. <laughs> right? But the truth is that we can design and redesign our life over and over. But not only that, we should. Because... The January that had four kids under four is very different than the January that eight kids under 16. And I can say, you know, what kind of a mom do I want to be as a mom of six? Do I want to have a house that's chaotic? We have at every season of our life an opportunity to design it. Why? Because what we focus on expands, right? Our reticular activating system, which means that if you're a 13-year-old right now, you're 20, you're a new mom, a seasoned mom, a grandma, you can say, what kind of health do I want? How do I want to feel about my body? Do I want to be strong? Right? How do we define strong women in our culture? Having it all. I don't need help. Really? It's like a CEO who's trying to build a business without any help. That's so silly. And yet we think strong women don't need help. Don't need a man, don't need help. What is a strong woman to you? How do you want to feel a year from now? Do you want to be overwhelmed or do you want to be resilient? Do you want to know how to manage your mind? Do you want to take care of your body? Do you want to feel as though you've got a lot of energy the moment you wake up and the moment you go to bed? You're not like, oh, I'm just such, so tired and I have to do this again tomorrow. Is that what you want? No. But just because you want it doesn't mean just, you know, it happens. I would like to be, you know, a gymnast, but if I don't train for it, I don't design her, 
What kind of friendship do you want right now? Maybe it's an empty nester. You know, do you want to be able to adventure with your friends and go to maybe, you know, travel the world? But do you also want to be doing something that's going to change culture? How do you want your next year, 10 years to be? Do you want friends that are going to push you or just tolerate a lesser version of you? Do you want a friend that's going to say, you know, permission to actually wrestle with who you are? But I don't feel like you're fulfilling your call. I love you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. How can I help you? That's the kind of friendship that we ultimately want. We just don't know we can have it. How about, how do I want my marriage to be? Oh, Junior, we're too old to be in love. Really? Who told you that story? It's a story that you're telling yourself. But it's not really what you want. Because what you really want is a man who wants you. Every day, every season of your life, no matter what you look like, because he's inspired by you. Right? And that's what we want to be able to say, well, it's your choice. You get to decide how you want to design your wholeness arena. We no longer have to put up with parts of the woman valuable. It's not just about your physical health, what you look like. It's not just about a fancy home. It's the whole woman. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? That every part of you matters? That what you're gonna do to contribute your talent, what are you great at? Are you great at bringing women together? Are you great at, at, at organizing? What are you gonna do? How are you gonna contribute the next year, 10 years of your life? Maybe as a mom or as both outside your voice in the culture war, right? And so what I want you to start thinking about, which is you don't have to get over, you know, do it today, is to start thinking about how you want to design, perhaps redesign every arena of your life. Now, I want you also to consider that it's not one and done. This is your responsibility. That every season, you're designing you and redesigning you over and over again. Because every roadblock means a new skill. That we are climbing a summit and a mountain in our life. And we need new skill, new season. Postpartum mom, when you're overwhelmed, it means you need a new skill, right? When you perhaps are a seasoned mom or your teenagers are, oh, they're making, I'm losing my mind, January, they're just all over the place. What skill do you need to incarnate and model for them? You're no longer stuck. Can you say that? And this is what I want you to, to remember from the re for the rest of your life is that every, every time you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or some roadblock in your life, you're like, I just really need a skill. Nothing is wrong with me. I have no one's better than me. My worth is intact. It's not conditional what I know. I just really just need to learn a skill. That's it. We all do, right? And so we get to design you. You get to design your family life. You get to design every part of you, every season of your life. And for the rest of your life, you can say, I am either designing my life or somebody else is designing it for me. Who do you want to design your life? You, right? So, this is the kind of woman that we want to usher into this world that we're living, where we have women undefined. We want to say, you know what? I want to design me. And here's the thing, because how are you ever going to feel fulfilled if it's not coming from what you want? If it's not coming from your desires of your heart, right? And so this idea of fulfillment, what does fulfillment mean? You know what fulfillment means? We all want it. Right? Who doesn't want to feel fulfilled? Fulfillment, you know, they just did a research. This is a recent research. Nobody's actually really doing research on fulfillment. According to research by Doris Bauman and Professor Wilbark, fulfillment is essential to mental health. So if you're struggling with frustrations in your life, it's because 
you're not fulfilled. And so how do we become fulfilled? Every part needs to be accounted for. So we're, we were trying to solve the mental health crisis, but we're not talking about the whole woman. And then we're going to counseling for a marriage, but we're not seeing every part of her. Do you see the magnitude and the mental shift that needs to happen in a culture when we talk about the whole new woman? Because you can go to counseling all day about your physical health and every part of you, but it's not sustainable because you still haven't accounted for the whole woman. But the most exciting part is now you know it. And you can say, oh, you know, I'm actually really, you know, I'm really stressed. It's actually because you know, I just need to clean my house. I actually just need to, I need to figure out what, I, what season of life. I need to dream. I need to figure out what I want in my life, right? So what we need to start to think about is how do we become fulfilled? So I'm going to introduce you to one of the many formulas that I teach in the woman's school, and this is called the woman's school fulfillment formula. Okay, so this is your blueprint. Every season of your life, and it's called the trifecta because you need every part of it to be fulfilled. So step one is that everybody needs a dream. I'm going to talk to you what a dream is. I'm going to explain what the dream is. Why? Because a woman without a vision perishes, which means something, there needs to be something you are aspiring for. Can you imagine the burden of, of feeling like there's no hope, there's nothing greater? In order to be fulfilled, we need to be a woman of vision. That's a dream I'm going to talk about. Number two, we also, in context of a dream, need to design a life that is whole. So I had a dream of moving to Florida, and it was a crazy dream because I thought, well, the only way I can actually, you know, uh, be a mom of six at that time is to live in a town where I could be close to my family. So we had this dream, but the problem is that my husband had a ge geographically based business. So we thought, how are we ever going to move to Florida with six kids and he would have to start over? And so for two years, we dreamt about it. We worked for it, but we were dreaming of this place to raise our children, to move to Florida which we, 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 traveled with, we, we traveled up and down looking for this place where we could raise a family. But simultaneously, I also needed to design every part of my life. So while I was pursuing this dream to move to Florida, I needed to make sure I was eating healthy. I needed to make sure I was taking care of my body, my mind. I make sure that my friendship, I have to. Because what good is achieving the dream if you're losing parts of yourself? What good is a million dollars when you're, you know, your friendships are falling apart, you're lonely, you don't like yourself, you don't like your body, your marriage is falling apart. But that's what the world tells us. Just be successful. Go for whatever position you want, but forget about every part of you. You cannot have just the dream without a life of wholeness because that dream will slowly become a nightmare. Whatever it is that you're trying to pursue, it needs to be pursued with a life with a woman that's fully alive. Because guess what happens? Let's just say you dreamt of a million dollars, right? You're like, I'm gonna chase that dream, I got it January. In the meantime, your marriage is falling apart because you never knew to design your life. And then your kids are falling apart and now you have to do damage control. Are you gonna chase the next dream? No, it's called burnout. I'm done. It was never for me, January. Yes, it was. You just didn't know that in context of pursuing that dream, you also have to design a life of wholeness. Simultaneously, you also have to develop your, your skill set and your mindset. Because how are you going to pursue the dream and design a life if you don't know how to make a decision? Design, you know, create a plan, do boundaries, build a routine, know how to pivot, know how to recalibrate, know how to manage your mind, know how to manage your emotion. 
right? We have this idea that just because I'm in my time of the month, I can victimize everybody with my emotion. <laughs> no, we are far more skilled than that. Although we have convinced a culture that we have permission to bleed our frustration, you know, with my kids, and I can tell they're frowning or they're, you know, they're, they're just doesn't look happy with their 55%, 38%. I'm like, you know what? I don't need for you to bleed your negativity here. I just go upstairs and recalibrate and come back when you're ready to join us. And sure enough, they're like, okay, mom, I've recalibrated. I'm like, no, you've recalibrated on your 7%, but now you're 38, go back upstairs. But see, they know, mom, I just, mom I I'm actually gonna go recalibrate. I'm gonna go recalibrate. But see, these are just skill set. And so what we wanna do is, we, in order to be fully fulfilled, which means that we feel alive, we need all three. Can you see it? We need a vision to pursue. We need to design a life of wholeness and we need to be training to develop because that's the only way we're gonna pursue the dream as well as the design. So this, I want you to think is a, your trifecta. It's like the trinity, you need every part of it, right? This is your fulfillment from it. And I want you to look at this and be like, okay, I'm postpartum, I need to redesign my life, I need to rediscover the dream of the season, okay? So this is what we're going to do today, right? So that we can actually feel fulfilled, which means we are satisfied with the experience of our life, which means that when we're satisfied, we're not susceptible to being manipulated, to being overwhelmed, right? Fulfillment is a deep feeling of peace and joy that comes from achieving our deepest desires while growing in harmony with who we were created to be. There's a sense of alignment in our purpose that comes from our desires. It is being fully alive. Isn't that amazing? Imagine what yours would be like, fully alive. It means that you understand that you're moving towards that woman. It's not that you've arrived, because you never will arrive. We're constantly training her to become that woman. It also means, right, that it doesn't matter what external circumstances are. It's not your exterior world. The things that are happening around you does not have to encroach in your interior life if you know how to do it. Fulfillment cannot be contingent on what's happening outside of you. Just because your, you know, your husband, your son had lost their job or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that you have to be a victim to their circumstance, but it requires you to know how to manage it. Because guess what happens when we're a victim to everybody thinks that's happening? The news, what my husband thinks. We're a roller coaster of a life. Do you know that women are called to be pillars of society? How do you become a pillar when your pillar is shaky because we are living in the hormones and everybody else's emotions? We need strong women. The only way you're gonna be strong is that your interior life is unshakable because you know who you are and you're designing a life that fulfills you, right? Isn't that amazing, right? You're not constantly growing in this tension. You are taking responsibility for the only life you have. We, tomorrow is not guaranteed. But we can design today and create a vision for our life. Fulfillment is not perfection. It's not based on good day and bad day. You can have a bad day and still be fulfilled. It doesn't just happen, you have to make it happen. It is not void of sacrifice. As a matter of fact, in order to be fully fulfilled, there needs to be layers of sacrifice because in order to live a beautiful life, discipline is a prerequisite. Behind a beautiful woman is a woman hard to work on her interior discipline. Have you ever met a disciplined woman? You're like, I'm just drawn to you. You're so disciplined, right? It's work, it's sacrifice. And so it's all inspiring until we realize that we have to work for that fulfillment. It looks different for every woman, but it feels the same. It feels like interior freedom. What we've been fighting for the last hundred years is freedom. Freedom in the marketplace, freedom as a woman. And I believe the next revolution 
which we are all called here to do, is a new kind of freedom. And that's the interior freedom. Isn't that amazing? Why? Because the world has gone mad and we can no longer be a victim of everything that's going on. We are just taking all the good from what we learned because we don't want to go back to not having freedom, but we want to expand our freedom to not circumstantial freedom. What Viktor Frankl said, freedom to choose your highest and best self. He was in Auschwitz. And yet he could find joy. Can you imagine that woman in a world that's so dark and she's fully alive? How do you become her? Well, step one is that we have to discover the desires of our heart. What does desire mean? Does anybody know? Who here studies the desires of our heart? Well, we're going to have fun today. <laughs> okay. I'm going to sell you on why you need to discover the desires of your heart. That's my job, is to sell you on you. That's what I'm doing here. I'm selling you on you training on your highest and best self. I'm selling you on the fact that your desires matter. I'm selling you on a life that's fulfilling. If you don't think you need sales skills as mothers, <laughs> you need homework and virtue. I say, I'm like, I'm gonna write that book, Ryan. Motherhood requires sales, okay? I need to sell you on you. So right now, I'm going to sell you in the importance of discovering your heart's desire as the foundation to your fulfillment and to your dreams because how would you ever be fulfilled living somebody else's desire for you? You cannot. I'm going to walk you here through this formula called D5, but I am just giving you a sliver of what we do. So I'm just giving you a window. Step one, D1, we're going to discover the desires of our heart. Step two is we're going to discover the dreams. I don't know if we're going to have time to design our life, but what I'm telling you right now is that you are responsible for it, okay? So I'm just walking through you this training. So what is desire? The things that I love that are deep within me, right? That are deep within me. It actually is Latin for North Star. Did you, did you know that? So how did Mother Teresa know that she was going to build a home for the poor? Because her heart told her. The desires of her heart told her. Right? The purpose of our desires is to uncover what we love and to gain deeper awareness on our purpose. But the problem is that we don't talk about the desires of our heart. We all have a universal desire for what is true, good, and beautiful as women. We all want a desire to be, have optimal health, friendship that are meaningful. We all want a desire to be inspired in our relationship. That universal desire is because we were created for it. Right? It is in our heart, the universal desire that we all share. Nobody says here, well, I really want a man who doesn't really, who ignores me January in my relationship, <laughs> right? I want a man who doesn't do the dishes for me. No, we all want a man who honors our value, right? But at the same time, your desires are unique to you. Remember the combination? Your desire of who you are, your aptitude, your story, your wound, your desires are unique to you. And not only that, it's unique to this season of your life. As a mom, as a mom of twins, as a grandma, I mean, think about it. It's not only universal to all of us, which should unite us, it is unique to you. Both we are responsible for. Women's universal desire is to live a beautiful life that inspires the world to be better. That is the vision of the new woman who doesn't want to be a walking inspiration, which means that you are living outside of yourself. And a woman who is beautiful is what is breathing life, inspirements and spirit to breathe life. 
right? We all want to fight for life, but if we have no life from within, how do we fight for life? How do we fight for life? If you want to share the world of Jesus, then you have to breathe life on people. But you cannot do that if there's no life within you. But if there's no life within you because you don't know the desires of your heart, because you're not fulfilled. So we want to give from our overflow fully alive. You might not even need to evangelize. You're a walking inspiration of truth, beauty, and goodness. Your life becomes a radiance. They experience your beauty. It's beyond the physical. It is mystical. It is divine gift. And that is what we all deeply desire. Ultimately, what is the purpose of living a beautiful, inspiring life? Is to live a life of generosity and contribution. Because that is the paradox of fulfillment. You create a life, you design a life to fulfill you before what? So you can give more of yourself. We all want to give life to our children. We all want to make sure that our grandchildren, our husband is more life, and we're like, we need to do this, an adventure. But what they're seeing is like, well, there's no life in you, no? You know, for those of you that are living the faith, if you want your children to live the faith you're living, then they have to love the life you're living. Because you can't just give parts of you. This is sometimes a reason why our children don't actually want to receive the faith that we so believe. Why? Because they're looking at us and they're like, well, your life's not inspiring. I don't want your marriage. It's not your fault. We're just underskilled. But we have to see it for what it is. We, our life has to be integrated. They need to see that we have a dream, that we're training. They're like, oh, mom's getting up to study every day, right? Because I'm like, well, you need, you know, I was telling my son, because Ryan and I get up early in the morning to study, and my children know we study, and my children know we're living this life of purpose, and my husband, who really does everything, kind of just, he does. He's my everything man. I love him. And so, you know, he was, we were sitting with our son, and he said, you know, he, he said, Jack Ryan, he is homeschooled, and he has a dream to play golf. He's been playing golf since nine months. And um, I didn't know that that, that that was possible. He was my first, so I just said, everybody played golf for nine months. Anyways, I, I didn't play any sports in my life, so I didn't know. And so when he was in eighth grade, right before his high school, you know, he's been playing golf, and he has you know, achieved heights. I mean, he made it to, I don't know, golf language, almost Augusta, maybe, or something. But anyways, he's, you know, he's training. And so he sat, and so he broke his wrist, and he had to kind of pause for golf. And so when he's eighth grade, I said, you know, Jack Ryan, you, you are at the cusp. You either pursue your dreams, which requires you to, perhaps, if you go to high school, he was a star player in basketball. Clearly not from my basketball skills. But, <laughs> but he was a star player in his basketball, and I said, Jack, you're star player in your basketball team, you're doing great, but you love golf. And you have a choice right now. Do you will give up the good for the great? And we kind of sat him down and say, what do you have to do to pursue golf? And, and you know, we really have to wrestle with him and say, well, um, mom, I really want to play, I really want to play golf. I really, you know, I, I think it's what I want to do. So I'm like, well, you have to walk away from this life that you're created, you know? And so now he's been playing golf and it's hard. And he's realizing, wow, you have to, mom, like, I used to be at the top of my game. Now I'm competing with the best golfers in the world. He plays, he plays with Tiger Woods' son. It's not an easy walk. And, you know, I have to sit down with him and say, this is when you fight. But see, I can go look at him and say, Jack Ryan, that's why I get up in the morning. Do you know how many times I've failed in business? Do you know how many times people criticize me? I said, I'm walking right alongside you, son. This is what it means to pursue what God has created you to do. It means you have to suffer for it. But see, 
I can tell him that. I can look him in the eye. I can say, this, there's been times I want to give up. Why? Because he sees me doing it. He sees my husband doing it. You know, and my husband pulled him aside, and he's such a great son. And, you know, he pulled him aside and said, where's your morning routine? You know, because he knows, he sees it. He, he says, well, you have to make sure that you, before you get on your day, you've got to make sure that you're reading, you're studying. But he, my husband can hold him accountable because he sees Ryan do it. So our children are modeling from us how to design this life and how to pursue our dream. And so what we want to do is to pursue the desires of our heart. And I share that story with you because it sounds so grand and great to pursue the desires of our heart. But actually, at the end of the day, you have to work for that desire. Right? But why is it important for us to work for our desires? Well, imagine if Mother Teresa never pursued the desires of our heart. Here's the thing. Our desires are not born mature. I want to eat rice all day long. I really love rice and I really love food. But my desire to have health and to have optimal energy trumps my desire for rice. Our desires are not made mature. We have to actually mature the desires of our heart. If Riley Gaines, I don't know who Riley Gaines is. Yes. She's amazing. Imagine if she didn't pursue her desire to actually want to speak up against yes. women's sports. Yes. See, there's desires in our heart, but that doesn't mean all our desires are good. We have to actually mature the desires of our heart, right? What if this, you know, Hannah Nielsen didn't pursue her desire because women say, well, you're just a mom. You should, what right do you have to be Miss America? What if she said, you know what? My mom said that to be a good mom, I need to just give up on this dream because my mom gave up on her dreams. You cannot give what you do not have. Imagine if Maya Angelou or Simone Biles didn't pursue their desires of their heart. See, our desires are a window to our contribution, our unique combination. The fact that I'm here, the fact that we have a school for women is because I desired it, and I desired it because it was my wound. It was my ache. Because nobody ever showed me how. And so all the combination of where you are right now in the present moment has also the reason why you want what you want. Right? And so what I often tell women is that permission to study the desires of your heart. What are we told often with our desires? Because there's no training on desires. Do you have to learn desires in school? My, after, my daughter, because I train her with the school, she comes back to me and she's like, there's really no reason I need to learn algebra, mom. There really isn't. Like, I mean, I'd rather, you know, it's not what I want. And she'll come in and she understands. I was like, listen, it's about your discipline. But I but simultaneously with algebra, I want you to think about the desires of your heart. What do you want? What do you not want? Right? Because, often, because she's just not getting trained in our school system. But if also they're not training at home, how does she know how to actually observe her desires? Do we ignore our desires? Or do we indulge in them? Which is often what happens when we ignore our desires. Right? It's, what do we hear? It's not really important to you. It doesn't make you happy. It gets you into trouble. It's unholy. It's vain. That's what I always thought. Yeah, you don't want to be disappointed. So don't go for it. Or we indulge in our desires, which is where we are, in the radical extreme, do whatever you feel like. We live in a feel world. Whatever feels right for you, and you, and you, right? Go, indulge in your desires. Whatever you want, it doesn't matter. There's no consequence. So we have these two radical extremes of desires, right? Of indulging your desires and, or ignore your desires. Both are what? Create a disorder. How do, we, how do we begin to be fulfilled if we ignore our desires or indulge in them? We need to order our desires towards the highest good. That 
is our goal. And the only way we do that is that we train the desires of our heart because there's no other way. And the danger sometimes is that we have a culture of radical extremes of do whatever you want, the pop culture, and then the radical extreme of people who are saying, don't even think about your desires. So, you know, we sometimes have this idea of, I would say, the youth right now that are rebelling against, this is the way, this is what I said because I said so, don't, your desire is not important. It's not only important, we're not even talking about it, right? I don't know who here does Montessori, my children have kind of done Montessori jealousy, and one of the things that they do is that they teach children how to actually make choices. Do you want the pink plate or the blue plate? It's like all day long, I'm like, I'm tired. Do you want the red spoon or the, you know? But what it does is it teaches children to know that their desires matter, their opinions matter, and that they have to choose. But oftentimes we don't know, we're like, you get this way because I said so. Don't worry, I've said that many times, right? You know? And it's, it's, it's just this thing that we were just going so fast. And so here's the issue is that if our parents don't know how to study the desires of their heart, they also don't know how to teach their children. Maybe they've been taught that their desires don't matter. And so how can our parents teach us when they have been also, when the desires have been ignored? Be a doctor, you were told to be a doctor, right? You never were thought, well, what do you wanna do in your life? You think about it. Well, a lot of times when I'm training women and they end up with a job because it was practical, because it paid the bills, because of what they wanted, not because it was what their hearts desired. So we have a lot of people in their jobs unfulfilled and frustrated and we're just trying to get by. But what if the desire has everything to do with what we're created for, right? And so what I often see is that, well, our parents, we need to know how to teach them about desires so that also we don't throw them into the whatever you want model. This is what we call in our school, it's the whatever you want model. Because if we inhibit the desires, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna rebel. My children, my, my daughter would tells me that. She goes, mom, if you force me to do that, I'm gonna rebel. I was like, <laughs> she's my second one, as you can tell, but she's amazing. She's like, mom, I wanna come to my own choice. Give me two options. Because in the woman's class, I say, you, you need, in order to make a decision, you need two options. Too many options, you can't make a decision. Okay, it's a skill, and so she knows, okay, mom, I know, I'm giving myself two or three options in this, but they need to know how to do it, and they need to do it habitually. It's wired into your subconscious mind, right? So that they don't think that their desires don't matter. And so what happens when we don't train the desires of our heart? We create anxiety and restlessness because there's part of us that's unfulfilled, right? It leads to greater unfulfillment. We inhibit the discovery of our call and our purpose. That's the great thing. You know what I think of women, I'm like, your purpose is rooted in the desires of your heart. Think of Mother Teresa. Think of all these great women. So this is why we need to study the desires of our heart. You know, it creates unfulfilled adults and unfulfilled youth and unfulfilled youth are susceptible to drug, sex, and alcohol and promiscuity because there's a part of them that's unfulfilled. You know, I was, when I, I, I um, you know, when you're with your children, teach them to rate their wholeness. Say zero to 10, what's your help right now? Teach them to rate their friendship. And then you're teaching them from a very young age to see with eyes of wholeness. And then you're saying, well, what do you want? Do you want to be unhealthy? Do you want to eat sugar all day? You give them these tools. So it helps them to make the decision, right? Because what we want is for our youth to be fulfilled. When they don't feel beautiful, when they don't like their body because they've been told that they have to be perfect, guess what? They're susceptible to eating disorder. They're susceptible to anxiety and so they're susceptible to other people's opinion of them. This was why so many of us end up in comparison and competition 
because we haven't matured the desires of our heart. We have to study the desires of our heart, right? What should we do with our desires? Number one is that we need to pay attention to them. You have a pulse. How do I feel right now? What do I want? What do I not want? Number two, you have to observe them. Why do I feel this way? What's my goal here? What am I doing? Then you have to learn from them. You say, I really like the shoes because I really want people to like me. That tells me I am actually, I'm a victim of other people's opinion of me. I want to prove myself. You study your desires. Don't ignore them. You test them against your belief, what you tr hold to be true. Maybe your faith, whatever it is that you grew up with. I know a lot of women here, you know, have deeply rooted faith. You test it against your belief. What does God want for you? My priest always said, that carried the scripture in my heart because I always wrestled with my desire because I always thought they were really bad. I didn't know how to order them. And there was a scripture that I carried with me all through college and it's Psalm 37, 4, trust in the Lord and he'll give you your heart's desire. And I loved it because I didn't believe that he would give me my heart's desire. And I didn't know how to trust him. And I carried that. I'm like, my desires matter to you? Your desires not only matter to you, it is why you're here. It is a window to why you are here. You need to observe the source of your desire. You need to give your desire purpose. I'll tell you this story. Uh, we were in, in, our, in our missionary year together, Chelsea and I. And so at that point, these pointy shoes were just becoming in style. You remember when the pointy shoes were getting in style? And I wanted to be stylish because I thought, okay, okay, so back up story. So when I was my freshman year in college, I was what we call a hot mess. I didn't like myself. I was anxious. I was stressed. And so, but nobody kind of knew because from the outside, it looked like, oh, it looked pretty decent, right? She looked happy like most of us sort of carry. And so I met this um, woman named Elena, and she was a mentor to all the women. For some of you who don't know, she was a consecrated, and she changed my life. I actually wrote a book, my dedication book on her. And so my first month in college, she said, she was meeting with all these girls, and so I was so wounded. I met with her, and she, I remember she sat me down and said, January, what kind of woman do you want to be? And I remember like laughing at this giggle, like, you don't have a choice, Elena. And she said, yes, you do. Let's design you. She probably doesn't remember. And so for three and a half years, I would meet, her, meet with her every single month. And she would give me homework. My first homework was to get rid of comparison and competition because I wanted to have quality friendship. I needed to make my bed as a first accomplished goal and I needed to get up at four in the morning and have time for prayer and study. That was my homework. And I remember for six months, I had to study the women that I felt threatened. I had to emulate them. I had to um, pray for them. And I remember the day I was already married with four kids and a friend of mine said, I don't like to be around women because they compare. I'm like, who's comparing? She had rewired my brain. I never even thought about it. My college experience, nobody competed and compared. But she rewired my brain. That was my homework. It was so profound to me because I wanted to, I, you know, she said, what do you want? I said, I want to have quality friendship. Well, we need to get rid of comparison and competition. She literally neurologically wired my brain, made it to habitual where she said, every single time you felt threatened for, with a woman, you just pray for them. And you just find something good about them. You compliment. It was a skill. And it was freedom. And so what I'm telling you was that my desire to want it to be 
a certain kind of woman, she just trained me. And so anyways, fast forward, there was Elena, which has just changed my life for three and a half years. I had to hand in my homework. I had to write my routine every single day, even though I knew it. And my little sticky paper, I still have my little training kit. I still have it. And I did my homework and I needed to do the whole woman. She didn't have this, but it was sort of, you know, I need to get my, my routine. I need to make sure I exercise. I need to make sure I ate healthy, my friendship. And every single month I needed to do, I mean, she changed my motherhood. That's why I, you know, I can cry in deep gratitude because I never had somebody showed me, but somebody showed me how and it changed my life forever. And to be honest, her contribution is the reason why I'm here. If she did not fulfill her God-given mission, I could never have been here. See, we have created a ripple effect when we fulfill the desires of our heart and what we are created for. And so back to my story of the desires. So give it purpose. So I was in that year together. And so I was like, oh, I really need to not have nice shoes. And what Elena has done was to taught me what beautiful woman is, which is not external. So she really, tra she really trained me. I needed to, every single month, redefine what a beautiful woman is. And so... She said, if you want to buy material things, you need to give it purpose. And so, okay, great. So I wanted this pointy shoes and I was like, but I think I want it for vain reasons. I, I just really like it. And she's like, no problem. Just make sure you pray for those shoes and make sure that anyone who sees it, you know, you feel like you're giving God back his glory. And so anyways, it was just sort of like, you know, it was my spiritual direction at that time. And so one time you were there. It's so great because I can tell you. And we're doing a retreat and there's this one woman in the back. Her name was Mary. And she was like this the whole time. You know, and we're training. We're giving training. Um, and so she was so closed off to anything that we were teaching. And finally, at the end of it, it was like a full day training. She comes up to me and she's like, Chen can I talk to you? She poured her heart. And I was like, wow, she was so resistant the whole time. I mean, literally frowning the whole time. And she opened up. And, she, and at the end of her training, she's like, you know, I, do you know I, I want to talk to you? So why? Because I like your pointy shoes. <laughs> Elena, give your desires purpose. You know, I was telling you, our daughters, you know, you know, sometimes they, they, they maybe they want to put makeup, right? They want to know how to do their hair. And what we want to do is say, give it purpose. In my, in my house and in the school, we call it presentation skills. It doesn't change your value. But you ought to present your highest and best self. You ought to present your highest and best self when you walk out the door for my husband, for my children. You give it purpose. You don't create a disorder around the desire of our heart to say, well, don't indulge in it. Right? And I think sometimes we don't know what to do with our desires. We don't know we can bring it to the good. And mostly, we want to make sure our desires are in harmony with the life that we design. Isn't that exciting? Right? So you no longer have to ignore the desires of your heart. And so what we want to do is to create a life that's fulfilling. And the first place is to study the desires of our heart. In order to achieve a fulfilling life, we need to explore what it is that we want and don't want. Who's ready? Yes. Have I sold you in the importance of desires? Yes. Okay, can you tell me how you feel right now? Or maybe a change of heart. Excited? Okay, tell me what your thoughts about desire prior to this. Never even thought about it, January. Yeah. <laughs> it was not important. Who do you think the desires were not important? Come on, raise those hands confidently. We've all, who here was afraid that they were going to indulge in their desires? Who here feels like, I've never even thought about desires, January? Right? So what we want to do is what? Order our desires. So the first thing we're going to do in order to design a life that's fulfilling is that in your little handy piece of paper, hey, Chelsea, over. I got it. Okay. 
So the first thing that we're going to do is that we're going to look at, I'm going to, def, I'm going to walk you through a process. We walk in our school and this is us now taking everything that we're thinking and so excited and we're going to bring it down pen to paper. Now the reason why pen to paper is so important, right, is that when you, writing is wiring. You're writing it, actually we have a rewire formula in our school, so literally we have evidence that when you write something you actually create a neurological wiring in your brain. Right? So it's so good for us to write it. So what we're going to do is that we're going to write it. So the first thing we're going to do is that I'm going to walk you through every part of your life. This is now you. So step one, okay, I want you to rate yourself zero to ten, your self-image. Do you like the woman you're becoming? Zero to ten. Okay, so if you look at the circle, you just circle, yep, zero, right here. Just put it in the right in the middle. No cheating. I am joking. Zero to ten. Do you like the woman you're becoming right now? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a rapid fire, is what we call in our school. And what I'm trying to do is to access your subconscious mind. I don't want you to overthink it, okay? So I'm gonna go really fast. Zero to 10, do you like the woman you're becoming? Write it down. Number two, zero to 10, do you feel that you have optimal energy and you feel a lot of life in your life? Zero to 10, you feel like you've got command of your mind, emotionally in command, physically strong, and spiritually present, zero to 10. Number three, zero to 10, you feel like your friendships are helping you pursue your unique and irreplaceable purpose. Zero to 10, that your friends are dreaming with you, that you're growing with your friends, and you feel like, oh, I love the woman I'm becoming with my friends, zero to 10. Number four, your intimacy, zero to 10, you feel as though it's thriving, you're inspired, admired, and that you're growing together as a couple, zero to 10. And if you don't have somebody there, Think about who, how you feel about your, that sacred space. You feel as though you're valuable. You're important, zero to 10 for those single ladies. Or maybe for those that are looking for somebody, you feel like you know what you want. Okay, zero to 10. Contribution, zero to 10, you feel like you are contributing something so meaningful in the world that you can lay in bed every night and say, I can die. And I know I have done my part. A good and faithful servant, zero to 10. Okay, zero to 10. My environment feels safe, inspiring. It makes me feel alive. It's a place of rest. It's a place of beauty. It calms me. It's where I wanna be. Zero to 10. Zero to 10. Your wealth. There's an abundance of time. You don't feel like you're always busy. You never have time. There's abundance of resources. You don't feel stressed about your resources financially that's impacting your marriage, your family, and, there's, and that you're actually developing your talents, that you're making the time to, to actually grow a new skill set and pursue and contribute. Zero to 10. Your family, zero to 10. It's alive, it's thriving. You're raising children that are also contributing to the world. Zero to 10. How do you feel? We are a work in progress. Progress over perfection. Okay, how do you feel? Does anybody want to share? This is good. I mean, we're all in the same boat. Most of us have been undertrained. Okay? Does anybody, how does this exercise make you feel? Don't tell me about your test scores. No cheating. But how do you feel right now? Average. It's great. Exposed. Exposed. Can you explore a little bit? 
exposed. Tell me more about that, Sarah. Like I've never really broken it down. Yes. Here's the thing about the wholeness arena. You cannot hide behind it. So when I train women and I coach women, I say, life is great, it's all good, like I feel like I'm good, you know, I think I'm like, my marriage is good, you know, and I feel like I'm doing something good about my, my kids are good, and then I go through this and they're, they can't hide, because they actually feel like they're lonely in their friendship. They can't hide because actually their environment is chaotic. See, what I'm teaching you is learning how to fish, learning to actually, for the rest of your life, say, I can do this. You know, we have this thing, a wholeness quiz in our school. You have to do it every season of your life. Because let's just say you're a new mom. Your friendships were great. And all of a sudden you're a new mom, you're like, how do, how, how do I develop my friendships right now? But I don't even have time for friends and my friends were single and now we're married. Well, what was 10 is now two. Junior, I'm an empty nester, I had great friends, but my friends are now are moving out, or, you know, I feel like my friends are just hanging out and they're not doing anything meaningful in my life. It used to be an eight, and now I feel like it's a one. Why? Because you've moved on to the next season of your life. And there's a new skill that needs to be learned, unlearned and relearned. And so you have a pulse. You can say to yourself, and if you have a husband, if you have children, you do this as a way of life. Why? Because you two want to create a marriage that feels whole. You want your husband to be like, okay, honey, let's just take a test. We do have a man's school because chances are it's better from a man than a woman, just so you know. So what we want to do is train and retrain ourselves and the world to see with eyes of wholeness. Does this make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Right? You get to do this for yourself. You get to do it when you're like, oh, I'm feeling kind of like overwhelmed. Let me just do a quick wholeness, wholeness quiz. Right? Isn't that great? It's your own personal interior tools. And there's no shame. It's you knowing where you are, what needs to be recalibrated, what needs to be changed. And it just means that every transition in our life, we need a new skill. You're just transitioning. That's it. There's no shame. We don't have to be hard on ourselves. We just need to recalibrate. That's a skill we teach, okay? So, now we're done with step one. We're gonna go to the next part of step one. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at what you do not want. Okay, so we're gonna go through the whole arena and here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what you no longer wanna put up with. I want you to feel the ache, I want you to be upset about it, I want you to be like, you know what, January, I am tired of being broke. I am tired <coughs> of having my husband ignore me. <coughs> Excuse me, I am tired of not having time. I'm tired of being overwhelmed. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> so I want you to write down what you no longer want to put up with in every arena of your life. Your self-image. Who are you? What do you not like about who you are? And now we all have something we don't like about who we are. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> what do you not want to put up with in your health? Do you not want to put up with the fact that you don't like who you are or that you're not inspired or maybe that you are overwhelmed or stressed or never have energy or maybe it's some part of your body or you feel like you don't have uh, the energy to give to the people that you love? What about friendships? What do you not want to put up with? Maybe it's a toxic friend. Maybe it's a friend that feels like they're constantly attached to you. You feel like you're walking on eggshells or a friend that feels like, you have to please her all the time. See, the friendships, you know, we don't, 
I don't have time to do it now, but we need understanding and how to, ha how to have standards in friendship, how to be a friend, but also understand the purpose of friendship. There's attachment and detachment. There's seasons in friendship. You can't just, you know, they said you'd be lucky to have two great friends all your life that you carry, but really, sometimes we get upset about our friends because they're leaving us or moving on, but that's part of the journey of life. But we don't under have a healthy understanding of friendship. You know, so what do you not want to put up with in your friendship arena? Maybe a friend who makes you feel small or critical of you. What do you not want to put up with your intimate life? You, maybe you don't want to put up with the fact that you don't have date nights. Maybe you don't want to put up with the fact that you feel as though you're not sleeping in the same bed anymore. Maybe you don't want to put up with the fact, oh, you're so cute, thank you. <clears throat> thank you. Maybe you don't want to put up with the fact that it's like ships passing in the night. What do you not want to put up with? And here's the thing, the reason why this is so important is that you have to feel it viscerally. Emotion creates motion. If you feel it, it moves you into action. So you want to use our emotion to our advantage, not to our disadvantage, not to ignore it and to indulge in it. What do you not want to put up with in your arena of contribution? Maybe you want to put up with the fact that you're not doing something meaningful with your life or that you feel like you've given up on your life, or that you have this retirement and you feel like you've retired your life and you feel like, well, I don't even know what I'm good at anymore, January. What do you not want to put up with in your environment? Maybe you don't want to live in this place anymore. Maybe you don't feel like, I don't want to put up with a chaotic home. What is it that you no longer want to put up with? What do you not want to put up with in your wealth arena? Maybe not having enough time, money. What do you not want to put up with in your family life? Maybe you don't want to put up with the fact that your children are disrespecting you and they don't value and they don't honor you. What do you not want to put up with? I'm going to give a few minutes to write that out. Zero to ten, is this hard for some of you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what makes it hard? Tell me. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Way to claim it. <laughs> it's hard not to have anything to work on. <laughs> you anybody say it was hard? Somebody why is it hard? Why is it hard? Because you're forced to recognize the imperfect Say that again. Because you're forced to recognize the imperfect parts sure, of your life. Sure. And I think language is important. And we've been so conditioned that this idea of perfect 
means that it's flawless, right? Instead of saying, well, I just haven't designed it. We never arrive. We never arrive. We only evolve into that next level and version of our whole self. And that's the beauty of it. Some of the hardest things I have to do and I do in the women's school is to actually sell a woman on investing in their own growth when they feel like they've arrived. I don't need to be taught. I don't need training. Right? Why is it hard? One more. It's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. What makes it vulnerable, you think? You have to look at yourself. And here's what I want you to think about. Who taught you to study the desires of your heart? How did you learn to say, January, I actually need to look at what I don't want and want? Is it possible that you've been robbed of the life that you want because nobody ever showed you how? And you're looking at it vulnerably with shame and frustration? I always tell women, cry about it, get upset about it, but then train for it. Because we can't change the past, but we can change what's possible for the future and your next generation. Now we're gonna do the fun part. What do you want? Now I want you to really think about it. Now, what do you really want, regardless if you don't know how to achieve it? Go on a shopping spree, ladies. What do you really want? Do you want a whole new wardrobe? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to walk in a room where you like the person you are? Do you want to feel alive? What do you want in your wholeness arena? How do you want to feel about your health? What do you want in your friendship in context of your season of life? Now, present moment. How do you want to feel in your intimate life, in your marriage? Do you want a sense of adventure? Do you want to travel together? Do you want to feel greater peace and quiet? What is it? Everyone's different. What do you really want? Now, if it's challenging, think about it as a muscle atrophy. Right, if you go to the gym and you haven't used that muscle, guess what? It's gonna feel heavy, you're gonna feel tired, but as you use this muscle of exercising and studying the desires of your heart, it's gonna get easier. But if it's hard right now, it's because perhaps you've never used that muscle, right? Is this easier than the don't want, you think? Yeah. Yes, why? Yes. You're getting a dopamine effect because you're focusing on what? So remember the reticular activating system, RAS? Remember that our friend RA, a reticular activating system? What should you focus on? What you want or don't want? Yes, permission to want what you want. Isn't that amazing? God put that in our heart. We're gonna wrestle with what we want. I wanted shoes, I needed to order to the highest good and that shoes became the reason why this lady Wanted to learn more about God. So what we want is to identify what we don't want to put up within our life and then what? We pivot into what we want. Because how do you design the life that you want if you don't know what you want? And you can't just like, I want to be happy. Right, isn't that, what do you, I want to be happy, I want to be healthy. But see, you can't hide it, your happiness, if you're looking at the whole person, isn't it? 
This is why we need to give language and introduce the whole woman because then women say, oh, I'm happy. Are you? Let's dig into what you want. Let's actually have a metric of every part of your arena. There's no hiding from yourself. You can't no longer pretend as though you can numb yourself. Because sometimes when we don't have language, but we are feeling the pain because we don't have language for the struggle or the ache and the desires of our heart, we numb and the numbing gets compounded and then we start to feel restless and anxious, but we're just feeling it, but we don't know what to do about it. Right? So the first thing you do is that you take a quiz on the whole woman and then you say, what do I not want to put up with anymore? My children come up to me and being like, mom, this is so frustrating. And nah, 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 nah. I'm like, stop. What do you not want anymore? Oh, I don't actually want this. She goes to my room. What do you want? Okay, no. What are the strategies to get what you want? Simple. Two, 30 seconds. We should all do that with our children. A lot of drama when there's no language, right? The drama gets exacerbated. Why? Because we don't know what to do about it. We don't have language for it. Instead of being like, um, uh, uh, pause, what do you not want to put up with anymore? What do you really want, Pia? Mom, what I really want is my own room. Well, that's not an option because we're a family of eight and I want you to dream about that when you're about 18, right? That's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, Mom, I really want to redesign my room, but if, you know, Ina doesn't like that, and I'm like, well, put it on your vision board. As a matter of fact, my, you know, my, my daughter, we, my, my husband and I have this six by six, six feet by six vision board in our room. And we're always doing a dream of the season. We're always discovering these eyes of our heart. And it, right now it looks a lot like the first half of our six feet vision board is our vision because my littles want to put their vision board in the bottom. They want to put it in. And it's so cute. It's so great. But one time my daughter came in and we teach all the things that I teach in the woman's school and, and you know, the best that they can. And they'll resist some of it. And so one time we were, my husband and I moved to Florida and we were dreaming of this pool because we want to have all the children in our neighborhood. We want to have be the hub. And so we were dreaming of this pool. And my husband took a picture of this pool and we'd put it in our vision board. We were designing it. We were dreaming about it. And so somebody came in and finally said, like, I love your pool. Like, this is awesome. Pia's like, just put it in your vision board. That's how you get it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that is kind of, you know, but it's so innocent. But see, here's the thing. You know, who here has a vision board? Okay. We should all have a vision board. We should all have vision But the problem is the way we, talk, we teach vision board, it's not a collage of what you want. It's actually, what? The North Star of what you need to train for. We need to know what to, how to use our vision board for, otherwise it's just a collage. Well, there's no skill set, right? Well, we should have a vision because without a vision we perish. So this is what I want you to start to think about. So now we're gonna go into step two. What we did was we wrestled with the desires of our heart. We walked through what we don't want, what we want. Now, I'm going to walk you through what we call in the woman's school discovering our dream. Remember the fulfillment, right? We want to figure out what is the dream of the season. So we walk through the desires of our heart. What it is is just sort of unearthing. And then we're going to figure out what is it that I really want right now? So I'm going to teach you about what dreams are. Who knows what dreaming is? Yes, we know it's a dream, but really we don't really have a language for it. So I'm gonna walk you through what a dream is. And we're gonna go back to it. So every season of our life has a dream because there's something that we were created for. There's something that we have to aspire for, right? And so what we have to ask ourselves right now, are you pursuing your dream of the season right now? Raise your hand. Right? Yes, there's a dream of the season. Now. 
permission to, to wrestle with the fact that nobody teaches how to dream. But if you think about Mother Teresa's dream, you think about Simone Biles, you think about the man that I married right now, you think about your work for me, the woman's school, it all came from the desires of my heart. I wrestled with it and I discovered the dream of the season. That's what we have to do. The reason why we wrestle with our desires so that we can pick out the dream of the season. Mother Teresa's dream it didn't start out having you know, hundreds and hundreds of this orphanage. It started out with one home for the poor. That was her dream of the season, right? Maybe Simone Biles' dream was that, okay, I'm just gonna win the junior. That was her dream of the season. So you have a dream right now that is in your heart that you are created for and responsible for that is meant to contribute to the world whether you know it or not or whether you're actually pursuing it or not. But the problem is that if you don't feel like you're pursuing a dream, guess what? You're gonna feel the burden of an unpursued dream. Remember the tapestry of life? You were created to fulfill that dream in the season. So if you are not doing it, you are feeling the burden of a woman without a vision. But permission to ache without language for it, right? Because who teaches how to dream? What is a dream? A dream is a vision of something you have not achieved before that is both scary and exciting, okay? It's scary and exciting. Now, I want us to think about it is that why is it important for us to dream? It's a vision that gives you hope. You're saying, that's what I want. I want to write a book, January. I want to start a woman's movement. I want to be able to travel the world. I want to find a great man. And that gives you a trajectory that gives you hope and say, you know what? Where I am right now, it can be better. What, it's the ascension towards a higher version of ourselves. We, it gives us, makes us feel inspired. We're growing towards it. And so if we don't have a dream, it might be hard to get up in the morning. Or we're tired, even though we're getting good night's sleep. Because there's no purpose behind it. Right? Your dream has a purpose. The purpose of a dream is to help us aspire to becoming greater than ourselves. When I dreamt of the woman's school, I'm like, okay, we're gonna draw this school for women. What if we had a school that trained women how to be women because nobody ever showed me how. Guess what that dreamt meant me? It, it, I had to become a different person. I had to train to achieve that dream. See, the purpose of a dream is not just to achieve. If you dreamt of writing a book, guess what happens? You become a different version of you because you have to learn how to, you have to, learn how to write, you have to learn how to be disciplined. So it's not just achieving the dream, it's who you become in the process. And that is God's greatest gift to you. So if you don't fulfill the dream, if you're not pursuing something greater, then how do you become greater than your current self? How do you pursue something you've never done before? How do you have challenges in your life? So the dream sets you apart and says, you know what? I have to study. You know, I always feel like this dream for the woman's school, it sounds so great and I love it and it makes me feel alive. But at the end of the day, it's the quiet interior work. Your dream is just really an invitation to your interior life. That is the greatest reward of a dream is not what you achieve, it's who you become. Anybody who's pursued something great and grand in their life knows that yes, it's exciting, but the journey is sweet because what happens when you've done something you've never been before is you become a woman you've never been before. You become somebody you've never been before, right? So what is your dream of the season right now? As a married woman, maybe postpartum, maybe you're working for something, maybe you're volunteering. What is that dream? Maybe you're navigating health issues. What is that dream? What is that dream in your heart in context of your life right now? 
as an empty nester, maybe divorced, whatever season of your life right now, is that we have to assess that what am I pursuing in this particular season of my life? The problem with dreaming right now is that, you know, when somebody, if you don't have a dream, you start to feel restless, right? You're settling, you're wasting a lot of time, you're scrolling through social media, why? Because there's no purpose, you're not fighting for something. But what, 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 do we, what are we in right now? We are at a war against women. There's no time not to train. We have got to discover the vision for this particular season when women are being undefined and that in 10 years and five years, we might not have the privilege of being a woman anymore. You better discover the dream that's God put in your heart because we need every woman on deck. What is that that is unique to you that nobody else can fulfill? Maybe it's your school, maybe it's your community, maybe it's your friend group. What is it? Regardless of what it is, you have to know that it has a purpose for this moment in time. So here's the problem is a lot of times we were A, never taught to goal set, but there's a confusion between goal setting and dreaming. Goal setting is different from dreaming. Dreaming is something you've never achieved before. It is a vision of something you've never done before. But goal setting, here's the difference, is that goals, it's specific, it's practical, there's deadline, it's measurable, there's a roadmap, right? Who here? A, that's the goal. But a goal cannot be confused by a dream. You know, when, when the Wright brothers dreamt of this airplane that flown, they didn't know how to do it. That's the exciting part, is that a dream is something you've never done before. It's a vision. It's exciting and scary. It's exciting. You're like, I usually know when I'm training women to discover the dream of the season, I can tell they're flushed. I can tell they can't even say it. I just want to write a book. I've been so scared, but so exciting, January. I mean, I want, but I don't. You can feel it. It's exciting because they've never done it before. It's scary because it will require so much of them. But, but what's the alternative? To do the same thing over and over again and feel the exhaustion of not doing something exciting and scary? That's called a woman of courage, right? Here's the thing, is a dream is something you don't know how to do. I had no idea how to build a woman's school. I could barely remember my password. I've had the same password since I was 16, so if you know it, you can hack all my stuff. My husband's like, you probably shouldn't say that. Well. But I'm just saying, you know, we have an online school for women. We're in 43 countries, and it's all this tech stuff. I'm like, right, I have like zero tech skills. I'm like, I told Ryan, I was like, can you put a tape right here so I know which buttons I'm going to press? But, the, but here's the thing. You don't need to know how. The women stop dreaming because they think they need to have it all figured out. We've been told you need to have the how. No, that's the opposite of a dream. It's supposed to inspire you. You're not supposed to know how to do it, as opposed to a goal. So you're sitting here like, Jim, I don't have to do it. I don't know how to do this dream. I don't know how to build an orphanage. I don't know how to travel the world. I don't know how to find this dream. Great, we're getting close to it, okay? It requires your faith. That's the thing. Faith means to believe in something that has not yet become. Faith is to see something that you can see in your heart, that God's placed in your heart, but there's no evidence of it. Faith is knowing, you know what? I think we can have a new movement of women. How do we do this, God? A grassroots effort of women and their training, they're redefining women and raising the dignity. I don't know how to do it. But we're going to dream it anyway. Because what's the alternative? To abandon the very purpose of why we're here. This is the reason why the desires of your heart is so crucial. Because how would you discover your dream? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> and last. Sorry. 
Your dream is a window to your call. <clears throat> the very purpose of why God <clears throat> made you. My husband's like, do you need ginger? <laughs> <clears throat> I call him everything man because he takes care of me. And I prayed for him. <clears throat> I didn't date for 10 years. And because I had no skills, I had to find the right man. <clears throat> and so I trained to find the right man. I'll tell you the story that <clears throat> I'm just going to. I had this one priest. I was probably 18. And I said, okay, I think, you know, I really want to have a great marriage because I didn't have, I didn't really have a good example of a good marriage. And she said, okay, January, <clears throat> what do you want in a man? I want you to write down a laundry list. Father Dan Leary, he married us. <clears throat> And so, like a giddy girl, shopping list, I wrote down like this laundry list of what I want in a man. And so I was like, Father, here it is. Do you have someone that you know? <laughs> like, is there like an application? He looked at me, he's like, Jenny, what is love? Love is giving. It's a gift. Before you can ask for this man, you have to be this woman. <clears throat> he never even looked at the list. I felt like that rich man who walked away. I was like, oh, I have a choice. Either give up on this dream, man, or I have to work on becoming this woman. And that's what a dream is, right? <clears throat> it's intertwined with my call because right now, my marriage is so intertwined with my call in the woman's school. I cannot do it without Ryan. There's no way, right? Who would make me cappuccino at four in the morning? <laughs> he does. It's the only thing he knows how to make in the kitchen. Sorry, babe, it's the truth. He doesn't know anything. He makes a mean cappuccino, okay. So, <clears throat> who's ready to dream? Okay, so here's what I want you to think about. So, does this make sense to you? Yes. Right, and it's like, if you're hearing for this for the first time, and this is what we teach in our school, you're like, what, a dream of the season? I've never even thought about the desires of my heart. That's okay. Most of us have never thought about it. We never had language for it. We didn't know how to ask for it. But where do we start in the present moment? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about one dream. I want you to write down one dream. So here's what I want you to do, okay? So go in your piece of paper. It's in the bottom part. Now, <clears throat> stop for a second, because there's three types of dream that I teach about in the woman's school, okay? It's called possible, stretch, and impossible. And this is us wrestling with our desires. So I want you to think about a dream that you have right now that you know you can achieve. You're like, I know how to do it, January. You know how, but it's a dream. You know, I can travel the world. I can start this. What is a dream that you feel like you know how to achieve? Write it down, just one or two. Number two, a stretch dream, which means you kind of know you think you know how to do it, but you know it's going to be hard. <coughs> I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. 
Would it help? Let's see. <coughs> All right, so this dream is stretch dream. You know, it's maybe it's like, you know, I can afford a $200 car payment. Maybe that's my dream car, but I think I can afford $400 payment. It's like you're, <clears throat> it's stretching you, but you sort of have an idea how to achieve it. Maybe it's moving to a different town. Maybe it's buying this house. Maybe it's saving off for a specific retirement adventure. Now, <clears throat> the impossible dream is the dream you have no idea how to achieve. You're like, what? Yeah, write it down. <laughs> it's like, you know what, January? I really want that, but I have no, I don't even know where to begin. Now, if this is challenging for you, I just want to give you permission that it's usually challenging for a lot of women. Who's here having a hard time even figuring it out? And why do you think that is? Like Say again. Yeah, yeah. Which is where you're very blessed. <clears throat> and a lot of times when I tell women, <clears throat> when our life is great, that means that not only are we blessed, but there's usually a call to contribute something. You know. And so, <clears throat> think about that impossible dream. Does anybody have it? Just write down, there's no right or wrong answer. Just think of something, okay? Now, I want you to pick one dream that you want to pick from your impossible dream. Just pick one. See, it's so exciting, you know, I tell women, it's exciting, we want to change the world. We want to do something great with our life. But then we're met with what? Work. <laughs> I don't want you to walk out of here motivated and excited to change the world and not understand that there needs to be interior work that needs to happen. Right? So <clears throat> let's look at that dream. So did you pick one? And just play with it. Okay, so I want you to think about that one dream. When do you want it? Just write it down. When do you want it? Put a date in there. Number two, how would achieving it feel? A lot of times, <clears throat> you know, what I see women is that they've achieved their dream and they're living that dream. But if you're not chasing the next, next dream, it's only a matter of time until you start to feel restless because you're not made for stagnancy. You're made to ascend that highest version of yourself, which is why it's so important for us to discover the dream. Why? Because the dream is an invitation to train harder. The next summit is waiting for you the moment you achieve that dream. What's the next season of your life? What is the divine adventure? Don't wait for you to be unfulfilled and wake up one day and realize, what just happened in my life? I thought I had it all together. I was once upon a time confident. <laughs> What were you, what are you wearing when you achieve that dream? What shoes were you wearing? What color are they? What's your hair look like? 
I did have some lady saying, I was wearing PJs. I'm like, that's great. I want to know what your dream is. <laughs> Sitting by the beach, enjoying my... Why do you want it? Why do you want this dream? How would this dream impact your life, but also the people you love? Just do the best you can, even wrestling with it. And what's holding you back? What lipstick color were you wearing when you got your dream? What is holding you back? Now I want to ask you, who wants to what is holding you back? You don't have to share your dream. What is holding you back? I don't know where to start. You don't know where to start. That's a great answer. That's true. It's we don't know where to start. What else? What's holding you back from this, from your dreams? Insecurity. Insecurity? What is it? Reality. Reality. Tell me more about that. What is holding you back? Okay, ladies, think about what skill is holding you back from this dream. Sometimes, there's a great answer, reality holds us back. You know, we're, we're looking at our life and we're saying, I don't even know where to begin. My reality is that this is what my day in and day out, there's no way. And just to even acknowledge that, it's so critical. It's sort of like the Wright brothers who build the airplane. I'm like, this is my reality. Airplanes don't fly. Like, there's no things that fly in the air. This is why we need a group of women around us to support us. This is why we need to, what, take the next step and just training. Because how are you gonna achieve this dream? How are you gonna achieve this dream if you don't have the right mindset or skill set? I'm losing everyone. Ladies, come back to me, please. I'm losing everybody the dream. It's so exciting, it is exciting. My husband and I go on dream dates. We touch the dream. See, when I tell women, January, this is so hard, I know what dream, I said, just touch the dream. <clears throat> go car shopping, go, 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 go look at a catalog. Maybe it's an adventure. What is it doing? Your reticular activating system. Use it to your advantage. Right? Touch that next dream of the season. Right? This is why <clears throat> it's so important for us to discover the dream because it requires a humble woman to be open to actually realizing she hasn't arrived. Humility is the foundation to fulfillment. Humus comes, humility comes from the root word humus, which is rich, dark soil in which all things can grow from. A woman who's not willing to grow, who thinks she's arrived, who's got it all figured out, you can't teach her anything. 
This is why the dream is something that needs to scare you. It needs to be exciting. It needs to be something you've never achieved before because it humbles you. And it's only in humility that we can begin training the woman. Pride tells us we have arrived. I don't need it, January. I don't need training. I don't have it figured out. And pride allows us to think, well, why bother? <clears throat> Ultimately, it is your choice. You have to wrestle with you. You have to wrestle with your call. You have to wrestle with the fact that if <clears throat> something is in your heart that was given to you and it's unfulfilled, you will feel that burden. Humility is the key to a beautiful life. Have you ever met a humble woman? It's not this humility. It's like, no. Humility is ownership of your call. A woman who is maximizing her God-given potential, you experience her. You experience, because the moment we feel like we've arrived, we've become really repelling to those around us. They might not tell you. It takes a humble woman to know January. I don't even know where to begin. This is hard for me. It's okay. We're all swimming against the same tsunami against our self-worth, against a lack of skill set. Let's, I always tell, let it hurt, cry about it, be sad about it, look at your children, be like, I've messed up, just cry about it, wrestle with it, and then get to work. We need strong women that are gonna say, I'm not a victim to my own pain, my own misery, or what I've been given or not given. Yes, I'm gonna wrestle with it, but I'm gonna own it. I'm going to own the next five years of my life, 10 years of my life, and I'm going to find my unique and irreplaceable purpose. I'm going to discover the dream of the season. I'm never too old nor too young nor too prideful. We have an obligation to become greater than a current self, and that's what a dream does. It reminds you that you haven't arrived. I have two minutes. I'm almost arriving. <laughs> I have two minutes. So here's what I want you to do in those last two minutes I have. Write down your dream. And if you were to think, what are the four goals to achieve your dream, what would they be? Now, I'm giving you something that we do in 16 weeks, if not a year. So just so you know, if you don't have it all figured out, that's okay. <clears throat> and then I want you to write down the actions that you have to achieve those goals. This is what we call 145DJ, one dream, four goals, five action steps. It's your one-page blueprint to fulfill your dream of the season. You put this on your vision board, you look at it every day. There is no school that teaches us how to be a woman, how to manage our mind, our emotions, our bodies, our homes, our relationships, our careers and friendship, and all the practical skills that we need to honor every part of our life and become the woman we deeply desire to be. Women have a universal desire to live a life of meaning and contribution. And yet, we are being blamed and shamed for the choices no one taught us how to make. Think about it. Doctors, teachers, nurses, and every other profession get access to training. And yet, women are expected to know how to be a woman just because they're born a woman. But worst, we are valued based on our performance, perfection, position, popularity, and power we call the poisonous bee which is why so many women quietly doubt if they're good enough. The truth is that our worth is unconditional and our value is not for sale. 
We are all unique and unrepeatable, and what we offer the world is irreplaceable. The Women's School is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. It is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. My name is January Donovan, founder of The Women's School, which is a how-to school for women for such a time as this. I'm a mom of eight and a business owner, and I truly believe that it is time for women to rise up, become who she was created to be, and set the world on fire. I created a foundational training on how to be a woman so that you can understand your value and your purpose for such a time in history where we are being erased. So buckle up and prepare yourself for the rise of the new woman.